Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is John Wilker. John, welcome to the show. Thank you much, Henry. Glad to be here. Excited to have John. John is a former contractor who is now a small business owner. He, he was a small business owner when he had his contracting business, but he has developed a new interesting business. It's not so new to him anymore. It's new to me. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's been around. He's been doing it for about 20 years, right? It's still fun, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what he's done is he has developed a simple yet effective business model for providing middleman services for businesses that ship and receive products. Specifically, what we're talking about here is he, he acquires what's called industrial byproducts. Those are things like pallets and cardboard boxes and crates and other things related and that are used in shipping products and equipment. Mm -hmm. He takes those from somebody who doesn't need them anymore and he sells them to somebody who does for a pretty good profit and so much so that that's his full-time business. But he also uh, teaches people how to replicate that, how to replicate that business. He's figured out this business model. Mm -hmm. um, again, as, as he explains it, the bottom line is he calls himself a middleman. And John has developed this and he requires few employees of any, uh, very little inventory or no inventory typically, and no big warehouse space. A lot of the things that we're always looking for small business owners and that we wish we didn't have in the case of those of us who do. As he says, quote, it's quite simple, but it has to be set up the, in the correct manner for it to work. And there's, end quote, and there is his, his business model, the methodology that he applies that makes this repeatable, that makes this be able to make a business out of it. So in today's episode, we're going to chat with John about his journey, how he got to this business idea, and then we'll chat about the business. But it's not just the takeaway for me is not just necessarily that I'm going to go do this business, although some of you listening may well do that. It's I'm interested and in, decided to have John on because I want to get his insights on how he, first of all, identified this idea, turned it into a business, turned it into then a business that he can teach others how to replicate. And some of those key takeaways that I'm convinced apply to any kind of business and also to anybody who's thinking about making that leap of starting a new business. So we're going to talk about that and about his journey. And so John Wilker, once again, welcome to the show. Thank you again, Henry. And, um, uh, you know, when you were describing this business, it, it, it sounds so unsexy, <laughs> but well, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's unsexy maybe in that it's one, it's not something that, uh, that is a flashy business per se, but it's sexy because it's a, it's a great example of an American small business in my opinion. 
Right. And, and once we kind of peel back the onion here, I am, uh, the numbers are sexy. And I like the fact that it's invisible as well. So we'll get into that aspect yeah. of it as well. So, and one of the numbers that I really like that we'll talk about is how much time you have that's free, which yeah. is at the end of the day, what all of us are trying to accomplish in becoming our own boss, right? Exactly. That flexibility. So, but before we get there, let's go back in time. Tell me about what you were doing prior to this business. Absolutely. You know, I'm having to rewind back my mind 20 years because I've been doing it that long, uh, this business model. So uh, way back in 98, I was uh, remodeling houses. I had a, a business partner and we were doing, you know, nothing that wasn't very sexy either, by the way, but it was siding and painting and, um, you know, remodeling bathrooms and stuff like that. And one cold December day back in uh, 98, we had a bathroom remodeling job fall through on us and we kind of, you know, jumped in the truck and looked at each other. Dane was my partner's name. And I said, well, Dane, we don't have anything else for the week. What do you want to do? And he, he looked at me, he said, well, we could go pick up some pallets. <laughs> and I'd never, I said, what's a pallet? You know, and he, he said, you know, those wooden things that they use in warehouses and move stuff around. And, I kind of turned my head like, you know, you see dogs do. And when you blow a whistle or something, I go, what, what are you talking about? And he said, well, I'll show you, you know. So we go driving down into a uh, right close to where we were. Um, it was a grocery distrib distribution company. And they had like 1,500 pallets stacked up in their yard. So I didn't know quite how to approach them or anything, but we did. And a very simple just ask at that point. Um, it gets a little bit more involved as you move through this process. But regardless, they said, please take them away. And at that moment, I went, I was just shocked. And I said, they're going to give us this, right? 1,500 of this, this product. So back then, we didn't have any customers or anything. So we were taking them to pallet yards, and they weren't paying as much. And we didn't know we didn't know we could get help lifting them as well. So it was backbreaking. <laughs> it wasn't sexy at all, but the money was decent. You know, uh, even at a couple bucks that, that day we made, I don't know, it was 3000 around $3,000 uh, for that afternoon. And the next day we found a place that had 2,500 pallets. Huh. So over that week, you know, that's when it all started. And, you know, to kind of give you an idea, Dane was, uh, my partner, he was infatuated with this girl and he ran off with her and left me <laughs> with this great idea, but I had to figure it out then. I mean, I was, I was on an Island all by myself. I had just gotten started with this. So <laughs> that's where it all started. And, and it's been an adventure ever since I had to figure out how this model worked because I've never seen anything where you get, you know, 95% of your stuff for free. So uh, when did you figure out the, the component that you have now, which is not to take it to that pallet yard, but to sell it to the business across the street figuratively, sometimes literally, that needs the pallets? When did you, when did you put that together? That was week three. I, I, I said, wait a minute. You know, I was getting so familiar. I was start, just starting to get the familiarity with all this. And I'm going, hey, they're taking my perfectly good product and give me a buck or so. Right. And they're turning around and flipping it and taking it to one of their customers and, and up in the price by two, three, four times. Right. I said, 
Well, I just need to figure out who the customers are. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's when it all clicked for me as well. I said, I got to figure out who, who are the buyers and who are the suppliers because I wanted to grow it. So I don't know if I should jump too far ahead of myself here in this process. If you have a question in between this, but that's when I, I, I realized, okay, I got to figure this out. And the only way to figure it back back then being alone, like I was and, and jilted, I felt like a jilted lover <laughs> left me out there hanging, um, was to, to get my hustle muscle on and get out there and, and, and inefficiently and blindly try to figure this out. And that's what I did. Yeah. Uh, so, now, so tell me I, about that. How did you start to, so, I mean, immediately you identified, all right, I got to be the middleman, not this right. pallet broker or pallet right. yard, right? Because all I'm doing now is transporting. That's not where the real money is. The real money is in me brokering these pallets. You figured that out pretty quickly. So then how did you stumble? And this is pre-internet or at least oh, yeah. oh, certainly before Google Maps and all that kind of good stuff, right? Exactly. So my hustle muscle was getting in. I would park at a distribution center. So when you see a distribution center, it's overhead door, overhead door, you know, dock, 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 office dock, 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 office, you know, overhead door, overhead door, office, office, office. So there's literally within, you know, 800 yards of each other, uh, 75 businesses, right? All with warehouses. So I knew I'd gotten some supply at a few of these places uh, and when, when Dane was around. So I said, okay, well, there, maybe there's buyers here as well. So <laughs> I literally went from door to door to door to door to door and I would hit 40 to 45 businesses and I wasn't being very effective, but uh, every day for a solid week. Okay. And at the end of that week, I had 12 suppliers and six buyers. Amazing. Those six buyers, after doing the math, because these buyers don't just buy once, they buy over and over and over and over again. I had replaced the income on a yearly basis that I was, gonna, I was making with the remodeling in wow. one week. Okay, so many questions here. Why, yeah. why was it better for them to buy from you than to continue buying from the pallet yard where they had been buying before? Okay, that's a great question. Well, it's not just the pallet yard, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But the pallet yard, they have the inefficiency of overhead. They have to hire the guy to, to fix the pallets. They have nail guns, they have forklifts, uh, and the rental of the property and the trucks and all that. So there's all this overhead. Mm -hmm. And they have minimum orders, right? So if you're a mid-sized business, and you got to order instead of what I need. I, I'm, I'm a mid-side business. I need 100 pallets this week, right? Well, if I order from the pallet yard, they have a minimum of 500, right? And now they also have the problem with, uh, not the problem. They don't have a problem, but the, the buyer has the situation. They're going to have to pay a premium price because they have to cover their overhead. The pallet yards do. So I have to order too many at one time, and I have to pay an extremely high price that I don't like to pay but I got to do it because I got to ship my stuff out. Right. So it kills their cash flow, especially with the type of businesses we're dealing that I guide people to deal with. They don't like it. They have resentment. Okay. So there's that, or they have another individual that they're buying from kind of like me. But the problem with this industry, as I stated early, it's unsexy and it's invincible. So for whatever reason, and I'm not complaining because I like it. Right. 
the, the people they're dealing with are, they haven't taken a bath in three days. Okay. And they, and, and they, they haven't shaved and they, and they, they don't have their phones been shut off three times this year and they're not dependable and they want to be paid right then. So it's, it's kind of like knocking out third graders as far as that part of the model goes. It's just not anybody with game has jumped into this arena. And that's still the case in, in most market, if not all markets today. It's still the case. It's yeah. amazing. I get stopped. I'm at a gas station, you know, and I have my pallets or whatever loaded on my truck. And these, these people still come up to me and go, what are you doing with that? How are you moving? They're stuck in one little product line and one little model. And, and they haven't, they just don't have the game to, to expand the business, whether it be mm-hmm. through ignorance or laziness, I'm not sure, but I don't care. And I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay. So three things I'm taking away from that. One is you, you are more flexible than that larger mm-hmm. provided. You provide mm-hmm. that flexibility to your customer, the people who are buying the pallets. Um, we'll talk about the people you're getting them from in a little bit more in a moment. Right. You're beating them on price as well, typically. Mm-hmm. Although that might, might be an entirely, it's more, I don't have to buy 100 pallets. I can buy the 25 that I need from you today. Well, uh, but then this last thing is so key because I think what you've found there, and this applies in, Again, these are these things that apply regardless of the type of business. Mm-hmm. You are you're professional. You show up. You can be found a month later. You are applying a level of professionalism. This is not something you're doing on the side in between gigs. This is your business. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, I'm offered since I at least now in the beginning, you know, I I wasn't able to offer as many solutions as I am now. But the longer I was in this game and in this business, I was able to see all the pain points and the, and the sweet spots for these business owners. It repeated itself over and over. And it's the same everywhere. You know, it's, this is not unique to where I live, this business model. It's, this is how the world moves, uh, the pallet. Um, so I was able to offer other solutions that I would uncover as time went on. Right. Give me, give me an so, example of. So, uh, okay. Example. Um, they would have shelving and they were thinking they only needed, you know, everybody's familiar. I don't want to get too far in the lingo, but it's a forty-eight forty standard pallet, the kind of pallet you would see at mm-hmm. a uh, grocery store. In the right? back of a grocery store lying exactly. by the trash bin or whatever. Well, well, yeah. And they have shelving and they're trying to, you know, store some of their stuff on yep. their inventory on the shelving, but they're forty-eight forty sticking out six inches yep. or eight inches you know, causing the possibility of of an accident, right? Right, right. So, all right, well, hey, you know, two days ago, I was at a place that had a a slightly shorter pallet that fits, I know it fits on that shelving. Listen, how about, you know, or what about stacking pallets? You you have your inventory spread out on one layer. What if we can go vertical with some of this stuff? So when you're going, as you develop a relationship with these buyers, you're consulting Mm-hmm. on how they can more efficiently manage, move, store this inventory. Exactly, exactly, and, uh, and, and at a, a lesser cost. You know, another example is will call. They would have strictly those standard pallets I was referring to and put two boxes or three boxes and ship it out on, on a customer that actually approached their business and was picking up, right? Well, that's, that's silly. They're paying premium price for that larger pallet. How about we we introduce you to some other things, some will call pallets. We'll call it that. Right. Um, and, and you can, 
if you have two boxes, you put it on this smaller pallet and save some money. So now I've, I'm selling them longer pallets. I'm selling the, four, the standard pallets. I'm selling the smaller stuff. And then I start introducing corrugated boxes or dunnage or crates or whatever the case may be as we move through this process. So now one customer develops into five into five revenue streams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but before we leave how you got here, how long then did it take with, for you to decide this is my new business I'm going to abandon contracting. Oh, this is a funny story. I never, after that gig, I never did a remodeling job again. Interesting. So that was, that was it. But after that first week I described to you um, where I got those first six customers and I have four of those customers to this day, 20 years wow. later. Um, uh, and those 12 suppliers, a friend of mine opened up a catering business and she needed help. And I don't know why, well, I know why I did it. She was cute. And so <laughs> I, I said, yeah, I'll help. This is before your wife. I'm this is before my wife. Okay. Okay. She and listens. We make sure we don't listen, get yourself yes. in trouble. Yeah. Well, I'll probably be in trouble anyway. That's true. So any, anywho, I, I, for, I just did it. I said, okay, I'll help you out for you know a month or whatever. But listen, I got this other business. Um, so at my lunch hour, I would leave and, and execute a couple pickups and deliveries. Right. So after the, and I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning doing this for her and, uh, cause it was a catering business and it was all doctor's offices and disposable type events. It was like 20 events a day. It was crazy. Wow. But I would slip out and I'd go do those two and I would, you know, I, after a few days, I, the check started coming in. I'd say, I said, Christy, I am making more on my lunch hour than I am all week with you. So wow. I was showing her these checks. And I said, listen, I can do it for about four or five more days. So I did. And she understood. And we found somebody else to take my place. But that's the last time I've ever worked for anybody. So the money was attractive, but there has to have been more, John, because oh, yeah. I got to think early on, did, did you believe this had legs that this was going to last? Or did you feel like I probably would have thought, okay, I'm, I'm exploiting this until somebody figures this out and then squeezes me out. Well, you know, I was running across who my competition was. Yeah. So at that point, uh, you know, I, I was inefficient uh, uh, to the aspect of not knowing where to go to begin with. But as time went on, I kept on running into who my competition was. I see. And it, it was kind of like knocking out third graders. Yeah. So and you, I realized, you, that gave you more and more confidence that nobody's going to take this from you anytime it, soon. Exactly. And I never had seen a model where I'm getting, you know, 95% of my stuff for free as well. So um, I didn't see... And, and I have, you know, I, I, have, I, I have the ability to develop relationships. So I have that going for me as well. And I don't want to be just a pallet guy. I started to befriend my customers, you know, to the point where they were telling me about, you know, I don't, uh, <laughs> one guy was telling me about his ED issues and stuff. And I'm saying, you know, I've won now. He's, he's comfortable enough to tell me. He trusts you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. those things started happening. But that's such a key takeaway. You, you have built relationships with these sellers and buyers. Right. They, they trust you now. Right. Down to the guy who's sweeping the floor, you know, Not, and the forklift driver. And, you know, the guy who has nothing to do with me, I, I'm trying to create an environment where not just the person who's holding the keys to my success, but all the people surrounding them 
because maybe that guy sweeping the floor gets me that forklift driver out there a little quicker because I paid attention to what his life's about. You know, I asked him questions, what he does, how long he's been there. So that kind of thing comes into play. And that's the enjoyment part uh, of this business. It's yeah. of any business, truthfully. Right. That you are working with people that you enjoy, that you're building relationships that you actually don't dread going to do it Monday morning. Right. And, 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 it's, and you're dealing with blue collar, salt of the earth. This is heavy industry we're dealing with. So we're not dealing with people, you know, lawyers and doctors and people in suits and this. We're dealing with the people that make this country run type of deal. So, you know, just at last a couple of weeks ago, and this happens all the time with this particular customer, I'm getting my truck loaded by the forklift driver, but he has a ping pong table and way back he realized I could play and he could play, but he could never beat me. So we play ping pong while my truck's being loaded. So it's that kind of, you know, that's freedom. You know, that's what I call freedom where you're actually having some fun while you're doing your work. Um, and so early on, did you, was that part of, did you see that early on that said, this is what I want to do instead of what I was doing from a contracting perspective? I, did you, I, did you I see did. that early on? Yeah. Yeah. Because it felt like a treasure hunt to me. And I it, it kept on the, the thought that kept on coming through my mind over and over again is I had a, back in my twenties, I was stuck in a, a corporate type gig and I felt like a cog in the machine and, and the, 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 for lack of a better word, the, the, the owners were jerks of this business down in Fort Lauderdale where I used to live. And it was just high stress and no appreciation. And I was stuck, you know, I felt like I was in that cubicle type life and I didn't like it. And I remember talking to my girlfriend at that point and I said, you know, if I could just sell hot dogs and, 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 and up the price five times and make a profit selling hot dogs, I'd do it rather than this. Well, this was my hot dogs, you know, basically it was, I ran across something that is so plentiful, but it's worth so much and it's so vital to the economy. I, it, it felt like a treasure hunt. I couldn't let it go. And I was dead set determined to figure it all out to make yeah, it more great. and more efficient. That's great. Okay. One tactical question here, or a specific question, just because I'm curious. So why don't these the provider, the people who are giving you the pallets for free, mm -hmm. why don't they monetize that? Is it just not worth it to them? That's it's, it, they just want them off the property. Why don't they sell them and get something for it? Exactly. And, and there are cer certain businesses that I will, for that standard pallet, there's a portion of businesses where I do have to pay a dollar a piece for them okay. or something for that particular. But there's so, uh, so many other products or li product lines, they'd rather give themselves a root canal than mm -hmm. have to mess with it. Yeah. Because you have to realize they have 18 trucks coming in on a daily basis. That's right. And they're having to keep up with their orders. They're having to keep their employees fulfilling those orders. And anytime they're having to mess with their pallets, they're, they're getting behind on what has yeah, to They just come. want this stuff out of the way so they right. can concentrate on what they do. Yeah, it's a fire hazard as well, you know, or it's a rat infestation if, if, if they let it go too long. They have to keep it uh, moved out. And, and they, a lot of times, they'll use a dumpster or something very inefficient, and they're having to have that thing dumped three times a week, and they're paying money out of their pocket to, to, to get rid of it. Or bring their guys in on a Saturday, pay them overtime, and load up their box trucks, and take them to the dump 
perfectly good product to me, but they think it's a nuisance. Yeah. So that's the okay. Beauty. On that point, so do you take stuff that needs to be repaired, refurbished? Do you take that? Do you fix it? Do you throw it away? What do you do there? Yeah. So that's part of my solution for them on certain business models or certain businesses that I'm getting supply from. Uh, I will offer one, to keep the area straight. Two, uh, I'm going to come there more often than the other guy. Three, I'm going to move more product than the other guy because he's trying to pick through and get that one product line and making a mess of it, the area. Then right. three, I'm going to offer you, I'm going to do a dump load for you every couple of weeks, you know, and, and, and incur the cost because my profit margin. So what good I, uh, I, I, I'm, I certainly do that for you. And even if I don't get everything, Henry, I'm getting it enough to where it, it's one, it's manageable. And two, everything I get out of there lessens the load of the drudgery of them having to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but so, but if you, but you're not, you're not repairing any pallets. Right? No, no, no. Okay. The ones that need to be repaired, I, uh, I, I separate or I have the forklift driver separate. And when I do a dump load for them, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll have a loose board and I have a hammer in my car. And yeah, I'll sure. Down, but so where do those pallets that need to be repaired? Do you have a facility then that you do that or how do you manage it? No, 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 no. I don't mess with it. I, I yes. just take those to the dump. Okay. And I have some customers, uh, you know, that one I was speaking of that is only putting a few boxes. Well, if it's missing a front slat, mm -hmm. you know, and there's still plenty of room for what they're putting on there, I'll give them a that. little discounted price. Yeah. So I'm still moving more product for that supplier. I got to keep that supplier happy. Mm -hmm. He's my lifeblood. So, you know, I'm always thinking up ways to finagle the situation where I'm still supplying a good product, even though maybe it's slightly defective, but I'm giving a price discount and I'm moving more stuff for my supplier to keep him happy and me exclusive. So I don't have to worry about any competition coming in there. Yeah, that's great. Okay. The other topic I want to talk about, again, it applies to so many businesses is cold calling. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your, your hustle muscle, I think you said, and, and going and knocking on doors and you still, you teach that now to others as you teach this business to others. Well, how do you help people overcome that disdain and fear that we all have towards cold calling? What's your secret? Well, it's a mindset. And, and if you go in there trying to think, all right, I'm going to try to make some money from this person. You're going to, you're not going to do very well. It shows it, it, it bleeds through. What I, I take the approach is how can I, how can I help this business? How can I, how am I going to uncover their issues, right? What questions do I need to ask to uncover those pain points and what Rolodex of answers am I going to have ready for them? If they say no to this, what I'm going to, what's my, what's my next um, item to sweeten the pot? Right. So for me, it's, it's a matter of going in there and the fact that I'm actually asking the questions when they're not used to it and, and, and getting involved in the way their business works when they're not used to it in this particular niche, it's a breath of fresh air. I have students that are getting bear hugs from these warehouse managers because they finally have somebody that can speak their language, know their pain, and it, they're going to be dependable. Right. So if you approach it that way, I, I don't feel like I'm selling. I feel like I'm a, a solution. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This is Henry Lopez. Let's take a quick pause on this episode to chat about your small business dreams. Do you have a great business idea, but have just not been able to get it launched? 
Have you built a successful corporate career, but need some help making the transition to entrepreneurship? Are you ready to start building your own wealth instead of someone else's? I invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. Just text BizCoach, altogether BizCoach, to 31996 for more information. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business dreams and goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to launch our first business. As an experienced entrepreneur who also made the difficult transition from the corporate world, I understand the challenges you're facing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions so that you can make progress towards achieving your goals. I can help you through your transition to becoming your own boss. To find out more or to schedule your free coaching session, just text BizCoach to 31996 now. That's B-I-Z-C-O-A-C-H, BizCoach, to 31996. Or visit thehowabusiness.com. All right, so when did it turn into... I've got a business here. It's a great business. I know how to do it. Now I'm going to teach others how to do it. When did that happen? Well, about a year and a half ago, um, a couple things happened. Uh, I'll just go over one. I, I, you know, I haven't mentioned this, but this business gives me a lot of freedom and I'm able to pursue other things that I love, whether it be music and uh, I'm an artist and I paint and I do have a little bit of an internet business that's passive income, but I, so I had a friend of mine on the on that internet business aspect, and he came over to Atlanta for that. And he got here, and I realized, oh wait, I got a couple of deliveries this morning. So I said, hey, I gotta I gotta go do a couple um, pickups and deliveries. And he goes, what are you talking about? Well, I never told him right about my this other business I had. <laughs> and, and I said, well, my pallet, I have a pallet business, and I I have you know 25 businesses buy from me. I have about 60 businesses that don't know what to do with their, their stuff. And I just connect data. He goes, well, what you never said. So I said, well, come along with me. So he came along with me and rode through it. And we made a couple thousand dollars in well, me in about, you know, two and a half hours that morning. And he looked at me at the end and he said, John, this is brilliant. Can you teach me how to do it? Hmm. And a little light bulb went off over my head and I said, well, why should I have all the fun? You know, um, I should teach people how to do this. This is so weird. I don't, not sure how it's going to work out because people don't see this business. It's invisible, but well, let's, let's do this. So I videotape myself over the next four months and, and everything I do and everything I say and every, every person I talk to. And so it's like over the shoulder type of thing. And the clincher for me starting it also was I was online and I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw five Facebook ads within five minutes on how to do Facebook ads. <laughs> and I said, if people knew what I've done for the last 20 years, maybe there's a portion of the society out there that I could help out. That's right. And, um, and that's, so I did it. And, and I'm so grateful I did. That's fantastic. And we talked about before we started recording that part of your process before you sign somebody up to take your program is you, you, you speak with them first just to make sure they're a good fit. What are you looking for in that ideal person that you're going to teach how to do this? One, you know, this isn't all rainbows and unicorns. This is a real business. This money's not going to shoot out of your computer screen, you know, or anything like that. But I, I'm looking for somebody that has, one, the ability to, to, to communicate 
and carry a conversation off and, and, and ask some pointed questions and it's not shy. You know, that's kind of the prerequisite because you are going to have to speak with some people and you're going to deal uh, with some folks that um, uh, you want to, you don't want to be just the palette guy. So I want to identify those type of personalities traits because um, I've, I've gotten people on the phone and they're terribly shy uh, and stilted. And I've talked them out of doing this because uh, it's part of the game or the part of the, the business model um, because it's, it's not like the sexiest thing and the most intricate business model. So you better have some moxie and re be ready to get out there and hustle a little bit to make it to start with and be able to solidify that relationship um, by your communication skills. So that's what really what I'm looking for to make sure that I have uh, people that are wanting to create a better version of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, John, I, I think that applies to so many businesses. I think that's such a general thing. Um, meaning I, I think that's in, in large part what it takes to be successful as a small business owner, regardless of the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, correct. And, and to be able to push through uh, things that, that happen to be able to put out fires, to fix things on the fly, you know, uh, I can't pick all of that up on a, on a phone call, but um, I ask questions of them as well to try to figure out where they've been and what, uh, I don't want people with shiny object syndrome as well. <laughs> um, well that's my problem. But yeah, you have to be resourceful, right? And then that's, that comes in yeah. to a small business owner. Right. Um, what else have you learned now about business, the business side of it? Obviously you were a business owner where you were a contractor, but this is at now at a different level, especially now that you're teaching others. What are some key things that stand out that you had to learn about managing a business? Well, it, it's, it's going the extra mile for your customer and how that, that pays off. My dad used to have a saying, he said, there's not much traffic on the extra mile, right? So, and that, that's always stuck with me. And sometimes your customer places you in situations where, you know, you want to cuss or, uh, but at the same time, it, it made me want to share as much with my customers. So they know more about my business model and the more they know about my business model, more flexible they are with me. So uh, I found that to be invaluable above and beyond the relationships that we build between, between my customers. So, they so have to understand transparent with them as to how your business works has helped you. Is exactly. That, okay. You know, if I want to take a, a week and a half off, I, I have to have them understand, listen, we got to load you up. I know you don't need this now, but you don't want to run out. Right. You know, so we have to load you up with pallets. Hey, listen, I I'm running out of room. You know, it's not, I, I call it my quote unquote storage, but it's actually my supplier. Right. I don't really, I'm not exactly totally transparent. Sure, yeah, no, that makes sense. But listen, I need to, is it okay if I bring some over here so I can make room and uh, I'll invoice you later this week? You know, that kind of thing. So we're always, I'm always able to keep, they know what my cycle is and they know that I have to keep this thing moving because it could, it could you know, it, it, if I don't, it causes kinks and, and problems on both ends of the issue. So that's part of it. I'm really transparent as possible with them. So everything runs smoothly. You have no employees? None. Well, listen, I, I have to uh, backtrack. Uh, I've given up my Thursdays to a friend. Um, 
and he goes out. I've taught him the business and he knows who my suppliers are and my buyers are. I've known him for 20 years. He's seen me do this all this whole time. And um, I let him do it on, on Thursdays. Uh, I have a certain area of town I work. And it takes him a couple hours and I pay him a percentage of, of yeah. what the sales are. I mean, that's because the challenge I see with this particular business is how do you begin to step back from it so that it makes you money when you're not there? Is that one of the ways you think <laughs> you'll do that? Yeah, that's one way. Or you could hire a day laborer. But listen, one, if I, my wife knows how much time I have available, right? So if I don't get out of this house, I have this <laughs> money do list. So I want to get out. And plus, you know, I have the internet business. And if I sit in front of that computer screen for much longer, I'm going to become a pool of sedentary blood <laughs> and I have to get up and move. So it is a way for me to do both. So I'll do it as long as I can, because plus I love the people, the businesses and the owners and the employees that I, I deal with. Uh, that work of these businesses that I deal with. So, do you do any traditional marketing, not for your education component, but for the pallet business itself? I, I offer, that's a good question. Um, I built mine out. So I, I, I don't have to do that myself because um, of, I've been doing it so long. So I guess I got ahead of the curve on, on the internet part of it. And I, it's not a necessity. I make plenty of money doing this and I have it, you know, kind of like a well machine at this point. And it's really much on, it's on autopilot. And I only add when it makes sense, add new businesses when it makes sense. But for my students, since this is the age of the internet, I, I'm able to offer, you know, in the course, it's the only thing I have in addition to the training. If you wanted me to uh, build out a website that's optimized for mobile and phone and, and for SEO, uh, search engine optimization for the web and have traffic coming to you, right? Because um, uh, I can do that for you as well because I'm kind of a ninja when it comes to that. I've just had the time to learn it all. Uh, so I do offer that for some of my students and there's a whole brokering side to this where it's, it's, it's hands off and someone else does all the work and you get a sliver to deliver. So that website can come into play in that aspect. So I have women doing this in New Jersey and Sacramento and Utah and Virginia. So they just work that part of the model mm -hmm. um, where they don't have to go out and move anything. It's, it's a brokering side. And I teach that in the course as well for, for passive income. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So we've just touched on it, but so then summarize for me, you have the, obviously besides the business, but the thing that you have to offer is this course, this online mm -hmm. course to teach people how to do this, right? Correct. Um, you'd like me to explain exactly. Yeah. What yeah. Just give is. us briefly the, the uh, high level summary of this offering. Uh, understood. So the, the course itself, I, I, I built it out where, like I said earlier, I went out in the field for four months and recorded everything that I do. So it's all in sequence. There's five modules, the modules just to name them. And each module has, you know, a multitude of videos and downloads in it, but it's how to start the business at the first month, excuse me, foundation sections, the first model, how to start the business is the sec second model, how to build the business is the third, how to sustain it is the fourth. Then there's a safety section in there as well because you're moving from one product from one place to the other. And then an inspiration section and then a file drawer with all the downloads, suppliers list, buyers list, um, all the questions that you have to ask suppliers, where to find um, suppliers for drums and where to sell those. So there's a whole multitude of files in there in one location for you that um, are available. Once you're done with the course, we have a Facebook group 
for all the students that are across the United States and Canada and Australia. They help each other out. So if there's a question, there's ongoing coaching and training. And I have a whole on specific topics, like 36 videos just in there um, that can cover just about anything. So that's the, 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 in, in the overall bird's eye view of what the course is, you know, the scouting part, there, there's a lot of techniques of learning this business, the insides of it, where you want to become exclusive and, and make it where this goes on autopilot, where you're satisfying the supplier and the buyer and yourself. Right. So I really cover those aspects of it. And um, I do have a special offer. Can yeah. I speak about absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Henry, for, for the listeners of your show, I, I will supply you with a coupon code for a thousand dollars off of this course. And the money, the amount of money that's involved to be made with this type of business is crazy. So, Believe me, if you have the opportunity to check it out or if you want to do a little bit more research, hold on to that coupon code, right? And go through, do your due diligence, and we'll be giving you a, a link to check out some more and do your research. And then call me up and let's get this thing going for some of you guys um, and get out of your cubicle. Yeah, you know? no, I, I think that's great. I think it's a fantastic offer. And again, the way you've approached this, the way you do approach this is that people should feel free to reach out to you and have a conversation, make sure it is a fit for them before they invest in this or anything else like it. So if you'll go to the show notes page for this episode at the howabusiness.com, just search for John Wilker or John or too many Johns. Well, maybe mm-hmm. there are, but John Wilker. Yeah. And on the show notes page for this episode will be the coupon code as well as a link. Take advantage of that. If this is of any interest to you, at least uh, connect with John and see if this might be something that would work for you. He's done this. He's got the program to teach you how to do it. He's teaching people how to do it today. So Mm -hmm. wonderful. All right, we'll start to wrap it up. Uh, I'm always looking for a book recommendation. Is there a book you've read in the past or recently that you would recommend? Yeah, actually one of my students recommended a book a little while back. He's a clinical psychologist. His name is Jordan Peterson. He's he's, he's supposedly a rock star, you know, uh, as far as the clinical psychologists go. And he's written a book called The, the, The 12 Rules for Life. And uh, example, one of the rules that really stuck out to me is, you know, don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday and try to make a better version of yourself today. And so stuff like that, it's really inspiring and and it keeps me on my toes and try to uh, do as best I can for the people I'm surrounded with. I love that. Yeah, that's a great takeaway. Thanks for that recommendation. We'll have a link to that book as well on the show notes page of this episode at thehowofbusiness.com. So we'll wrap it up with this, John. What's, what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation? I, I guess if this type of business model, if, if I don't care what you're do, what, what, where you are in your life. If, if you're, let's say you're trying to run an internet business and it takes a while to get it going, this is something that gives you the time to do it. Right. Or if, if, if you're, uh, if you're stuck in your cubicle and you're just tired of it and you want some freedom, that's what this is. It's not sexy. It's not normal. Even it's such a weird, you know, oddball kind of business model. But once you start doing the research, you'll start to see how 
what a necessity this this business is for other businesses and you might you know be the person to do it so think of it in those aspects and be ready to fix things on the fly you know uh, that's what life's about you, you get into an opportunity you see the problems and you fix it as you go along and quit planning and do what you got to do to make things happen for your life love it well said so many takeaways there uh, especially just the point about making it happen just do it right mm-hmm. i've always liked that's that marketing campaign just do it but it's a business that the break-even is very fast. So there's not a big investment up front. Yeah, you probably have to have some kind of a vehicle that's conducive. Or rent one. Or rent one. There you go. But I don't have to, I don't have to wait six months to start producing a profit. I can do that very quickly. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's about, I always uh, classify businesses as either you're in the shovel business, meaning you sold the shovels to the miners or you're in the mining business. And the mining business has a lot of risks attached to it, including I may not find any gold. But here you're providing this essential component that these particular businesses, as you've identified, need, but it's not there anywhere near their core competency. You've solved that problem for them. Correct. Yes. And and that's a great analogy. Yeah. You are the... You're not the gold digger. You're the you're you're the picks and the shovel that accomplish that goal. Right. And this particular product line, whether it be pallets or crates or drums or dunnage or wire reels or corrugated boxes or Gaylord boxes, there's so much of it. Right. It's the way the world is transported. Everything you see in your house, everything you see in this room around you, at one point in time was in a crate, on a pallet, or in a drum or uh, in a corrugated box. That's right. There you go. So there's the magic of it. Love it. All right. Where would you like us to go online to find out more about you? Just, all right. This is not ideal, but I'm going to tell you to go to the simplestbiz.com and look for this big red button that says, you know, get more information, right? Um, Don't click on register and all that. That's for the students, but I just have it on my, uh, on my page there. Just click that button, get name and email, and it'll take you through the process of where we go from there. Okay. All right. Perfect. Excellent. John, this has been a great conversation. Very enlightening. I loved the, just, I always love talking about business. That's why I do this show, but uh, it's just a great perspective. Thanks for sharing your knowledge, your insights, and just uh, how you, you came to this business and what you're doing today. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Henry. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak to some folks and um, you're good at what you do, sir. I appreciate that. This is Henry Lopez. You've been listening to another episode of The How of Business. My guest again was John Wilker. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.